Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have one of my lovely reactive redefined students with me today, and we're going to talk all about her wonderful dog. We're also going to talk about her experience inside of reactive redefined. So without further ado, Allison, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell them a little bit about you, where you're located, and then let's talk about Goose. Sure. Yes. Um, My name is Allison. I live in Fort Collins, Colorado. And I have been taking classes with you and my dog Goose this year. And um, yeah, we've we've been making a lot of progress together. Oh my gosh, you guys are an amazing team. Okay, so before we we get to all the amazingness that's been happening over the last couple of weeks, do you want to just give the listeners just a little bit of an idea of who Goose is, right? Let's talk about his age, his breed, what he looks like. And then I want to kind of talk about his history before he came to you. Sure. Yes. So breed is a complicated question. (laughs) Um, We have done DNA testing. So I think his number one result was Catahoula leopard dog, but he's about 10% of 10 different things. So we just say he's a lab mix and call it a day um, because he is 10% lab. So um, he was a wild dog before I adopted him. He lived in rural Wyoming which um, you've seen Goose. He has no hair. How he survived rural central Wyoming, I I don't know. Um, But he was a wild dog there and came into a rescue um, from Rollins, Wyoming, was actually adopted out once to a different family. And they returned him because he was, quote, too shy. Um, And so then he went to a prison training program in Torrington, Wyoming, came down to a rescue in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and that's where I found him. Oh my God. Okay. So hold on. Okay. So I want to just expand for the listeners. So when Allison says wild, presumably, presumably he really was just a free roaming dog, right? Like yes. there were lots of sightings of him for a while, right? That like he literally was just free roaming before he ended up like in the shelter system. I don't know if there were sightings of him, but I do know he had never been an indoor dog. He was, as far as we know, he was born in the wild. He was raised in the wild. And then he came into the shelter system. Right. Which I think that a lot of you who live in very populated cities think that that's like pretty remarkable. But when you look at like the map of Wyoming, there's a lot of Wyoming that's not super densely populated, right? Like there's a lot of open space. So, you know, when you look at it in context, you can see kind of how that happens, right? Okay. And then just a visual for everyone. He is tan medium to large size and like he really kind of does look like a houndy yellow lab with like a little bit curlier tail yeah is that an accurate description of him yeah so we generally say lab mix because it's almost like you say tan I say like orangish um and then he's got the ears that stick straight out and the tail that sticks up so kind of like take a lab and then give him those little quirks (laughs) and and that's him oh my god and he's adorable okay so he he presumably had a pretty interesting life before he came to you. Do you want to just speak about a little bit of his early life? Because I know before we met, you did 
a lot, right? Like it, it was a, yeah. <laughs> it was a tumultuous first year of life with him, was it not? Yes, yes. Um, and I meant to mention his age. Our best guess, the guess that he was two, um, and so our best guess is that he's now five. I've had him for three years now. Um, yeah, so we, so we are sure, yeah. but <laughs> people still think he's two because he's so exuberant, but <laughs> um, he, so we first brought him home and the first week we had him home, my brother came to visit. My brother came into the house and Goose was utterly terrified of this unfamiliar person coming into a house. Um, and so that's when we first noticed, okay, we need to like call a trainer and work on this, this fear of people coming into the house. Um, as far as reactivity goes, I will say the first day we brought him into the house, it was very clear this dog had never been in a house in his life. Um, he went into the kitchen and like jumped on the counter and was like, what's this? And we're like, nope, <laughs> we don't, <laughs> we don't do that. Um, and so then, uh, as we, it was a lot of me wearing a treat pouch 24 seven, following him around for the first several weeks at home. And just kind of like, this is how we be in a house. This is not how we be in a house. And kind of teaching a lot of guidance. A lot of guidance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and so we started to notice some of the reactive tendencies when, like, my brother came to visit, and he was petrified, was worried about my brother coming near me. I was officially his person after four days of living with me. <laughs> um, and then started to notice he would get really scared after the sun would go down and get really panicky and start kind of crying and barking just for no reason, just the sun was down. And then we know like someone would go to the door and it, the noise would startle him and he'd start barking or we'd turn the sink on and the noise would startle him and he'd start barking or um, anytime he saw a bunny, there was no brain activity happening. There was just, he was at the end of the leash wailing as if his life was ending because he couldn't eat this bunny that, presumably was what he'd eaten for two years of his life. Um, and so just lots of little things that we started to notice and we're like, okay, we need to get in touch with the trainer. We need to start working on how we can process this information um, because his brain wasn't thinking when we first adopted him. It was just, think goes off. Oh my gosh, barking, whining, scared. Um, and so that was our first first few weeks of discovering this and thinking okay this is a very different dog experience than we've had in our past so let's learn how to handle this well and like I mean <laughs> now I'm sure you can reflect on like what an insane culture shock that must have been for him yes and it was kind of clear from the beginning what an insane culture shock it was to him things like we would go to pet him and he would jump back and go what why would you do that and just look at us because he hadn't been pet before. <laughs> he didn't understand. <laughs> and so it was just, you could kind of tell that it was culture shock for him of just, I'm in this house. What is a house? And um, just figuring out a lot of new things. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So it took a while, right? But you did, mm -hmm. you did work with the trainer. You got some, some support. You worked through some of the prey drive. And you got him to a much more stable point. Yes, we did put him on anxiety meds, which made a massive difference because something like the sun going down and him crying and barking just because he's scared was just something that he just needed help with. Um, so God, once you we can't put change him, that, right? Like you can't control right. what's happening with the darkness, right? Like exactly. So once we put him on anxiety meds, that stopped. 
Um, so that was great. And then the training gets easier, you know, once they're not just scared. Um, and so, yes, we got him, we got him pretty far. Um, we've been working or I've been working with him for three years. And so, um, over the course of training, it's gotten more thinking, more balanced, more calm. Um, yes, he's made a lot of progress. <laughs> a lot of progress. Okay. So I want to talk about the capacity. We first kind of started working together and then I want to transition to some of the work we did in reactive redefine. Right. So okay. when you came into the program, right, you had a lot of training experience. You had a great relationship with him. We had the meds on board. So it was really cool because by the yeah. time, right, we met, like you had all of these pieces in place so it made it really well I don't want to say easy but it made it much more possible right to kind of proof some behaviors and kind of teach him some like more advanced concepts right because to your yeah. credit you have great mechanics you have great timing you already had a really nice working relationship with him right I didn't have to teach you that you guys were already there so I really just kind of was able to accent like three years of work right and, and really kind of taking things to the next level so we obviously, we, we worked on recall together because, you know, while you've made significant progress with the prey drive, you know, still prey drive feelings, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So we worked on the recall together and then you also were a part of the consent and care class, right? So we, we worked together. So do you want to just talk a little bit about some of the consent and care stuff? So for those of you listening, right, who aren't familiar with consent and care, it's a protocol we teach right? So that it's easier to get the dogs handling, care, things of that nature that they need, right? Because while Goose isn't necessarily like uh, super outwardly reactive, he actually can kind of shut down in some ways and handling things. And really the goal was to help him realize that like, it's okay, dude, you don't have to shut down. Like you can just say no and everything's going to be okay. So do you want to speak about the consent and care stuff? Yes. The, the consent and care is probably our favorite class we've ever done um, since I've adopted Goose because for years I've been trying to figure out a way for him to be able to communicate with me without shutting down, running away, and hiding in a closet, um, which is literally how he has said no in the past. And then he won't come out for upwards of an hour and so okay and um, this is mild right like this is not you like grabbing his paw and trying to clip him like sometimes this reaction no. could be to like very minimal interaction with him yes this can be I I pet him and he didn't want to be pet so he gets scared and hides in the closet um very mild things um and so teaching him how to say no and how to say yes has been huge. And I knew what consenting care was. I knew about the concept, but I had never really done a class on it, followed through with a system. And it has changed a lot. I mean, I can now ask him to consent to me picking up his paws, ask him to consent to me checking his teeth. And before, I mean, if I picked up his paw and he was trying to say no, but not outwardly doing anything, then he would just all of a sudden be utterly terrified and sprint off to hide. Um, and so it's been huge for him to be able to say, yes, go ahead. Or he knows now he can say, no, please stop. And I will. And he, sometimes it seems like he really tests that. Even just, we did a session this morning and I did something and he picked up his head really fast, looked at me like, no, please stop. 
kind of stared at me for a few seconds and then went, oh, okay, you can go ahead and put his head back down. And so it was like this very clear of just like, I don't know about this. And then, oh, I'm fine with this. Okay, carry on. And then put his head back down on his chin rest. And um, so the consent and care has changed every aspect of his life, honestly. Like doing that exercise every day has just made him so much more comfortable. Um, it's been huge. And, you know, it's one of those things too, that like, obviously the protocol is super helpful, right? For like handling, helping him understand, but like, you've also been able just to use like just the literal training session to help him cope with other things that make him a little worried, right? Like Goose is a dog who really is like, when you spell things out for him, he's like, heck yes, let's do this. I like to learn, right? Like he really appreciates and is empowered by just like a training session, right? Like he's into that kind of thing, right? He's like, oh, okay, we're training. Yeah, I'm into it. And you can also use the consensus care protocol to be like, okay, you're having some worried feelings. Like, okay, would you like to work on this? He's like, you're right. Okay, yes, I do like to do this, right? So I think that it's been able to offer so much perceived and literal control for him over his environment, which is everything for these like really nervous, fearful dogs. Yes, 100%. I've used the consent and care just because he's scared or upset and I don't know what he's scared or upset about. I've just said, okay, let's just go do consent and care for five minutes. And then he'll go take a nap afterwards because he just needed that moment to be in control of his surroundings. It seems, I mean, I'm anthropomorphizing, but it seems like him just being in control for five minutes of just what's happening, really, he just calms right down. And he loves training. You know, he's very working dog brain. He loves training. He gets so excited to train. So me just saying, okay, let's do this. You tell me what's good and what's not. He goes from being scared to being way more calm, way more just his whole demeanor kind of comes from comes down from him shaking and jumping around to him going, okay, let's do this and kind of wagging his tail <laughs> oh my god his delightful little delicate <laughs> tail wag when he's working oh my god bless him bless throughout him. consenting care <laughs> his little tail is just wagging <laughs> oh my god okay so in addition to the consenting care there's some other aspects in goose's life that he can be reactive right while you've made great progress there's still kind of there's still some things right so like you were mm-hmm. mentioning right he can be a little, I guess, peculiar maybe is the word with people in your house, right? Like it's, yeah. it's not always, it's not always super unmanageable, but it's, it's, it's kind of confusing, right? Like Goose doesn't even really know <laughs> what he's trying to accomplish. Is that an accurate representation? Let's talk a little bit about that, right? Cause like, I don't even think we can call it stranger danger anymore. Cause it's not necessarily about a stranger. It's more just like, the context of them coming into his perceived space? Yes. Yes. It's very space dependent because it can, I mean, with my brother, when he was scared, we tried, okay, take him for a walk. And Goose would just prance next to him and go, this is great. We're having a great time. They would come to the house. Goose would turn around and look at him and go, please don't walk any farther. I I don't want you to come in. Please don't. And so this was a person he just spent 45 minutes without having a good time. So it, it it's an interesting thing and it, and it is kind of person dependent. Some, we've had one or two people come into the house and Goose literally just react. Oh, all right. Hi. But generally he doesn't love people coming into the house and 
his behavior is really interesting. As we've taught him to be less reactive, it's less of the the barking, panicking, and more if he starts to, my cue that he's getting upset and needs to go take a break is he starts to push them around with his body um, in kind of a hurting way of just like, no, thank you. You're going to stay in the kitchen. Please don't come out here. Nope. And just pushes them over there with his body. And so I just call him away and I'm like, okay, we're going to take a break from this social situation. I keep him on a leash in case he gets upset regardless. So I always have him. Um, but it, it really varies. His reactivity level has come down quite a bit, but that's also we're, we, I do so much management when people come over to prevent the repetition of him getting frightened that we wanted to work with you on me doing less management and him genuinely being okay with people coming inside rather than me just actively managing the situation for however long anyone's in the house. And okay, then... and, and to your credit, <laughs> you were doing a great job, right? Like, he needed management, right? Like, it's not that mm-hmm. this was, like, trying to bite people, okay? Like, it wasn't that mm-hmm. intensity, but still, like, what was happening is not wildly productive, and he is not a small dog, and it's also one of those where it's just, like, you can just see, right? Like, maybe it's not the worst behavior per se, but you can see how it's not productive for him, and it's not productive for you or your guests either, right? And, like, mm-hmm. you know, something that I have to give you credit for is, like I was saying, the management you're doing was beautiful, but it was so contingent on you literally being there with him every moment that someone is there. And like, you know, that is one, obviously it's possible, but like, obviously like not the most sustainable plan because kind of hard to like stay present and like enjoy your company when all you're doing is focusing on the dog. Right. Mm -hmm. So we were able to kind of open up a little bit more um, sustainability in your plan. Right. Because the management you were doing was great. Right. Like you needed some of that. But we're able to come up with a little bit more of a like, okay, let's do this first. Let's do this second. Then let's transition to this, right? So that not only could Goose feel more comfortable and we're making progress, but you also have the opportunity to like, you know, engage with your guests and not be a full-time dog trainer. (laughs) Yes, we're working towards that point Um, because before it was kind of, okay, guests can come over, but I'll be over here working with guests. Um, which kind of defeats the purpose of having guests over. Um, right? Oh my god. Oh. So it has, it's progressed certainly to a point where it's not the big reaction. Um, because we brought in a trainer literally, like week two of having him, we called a trainer and said, hey, he doesn't like people coming in the house, please help us. Um, so we caught it really early and he hadn't been in a house before, so he couldn't rehearse it over and over. But I think it could have gone either way. And right now he expresses it in a way of, please don't come this way. I'm uncomfortable. And I'm like, okay, well, let's not escalate that any further. Like, let's go over here. Right. Right. Which is amazing, right? Because like a lot of times I don't get the call until the dog like takes matters into their own hands, right? And it's like, "Mm, I need Mm -hmm. to talk louder, right? Which is oftentimes a lot more forward slash aggressive behavior. So it's brilliant that you were able to prevent that. But regardless, right, like we still needed to work on that. Okay, so we were working mm-hmm. together, right? We were working together one-on-one. We were kind of working on that. Do you want to just kind of share with the listeners what was appealing about Reactive Redefined? Sure, yes. So, and you can probably understand this. I went back and forth a few times on whether to sign up for Reactive Redefined because I wasn't sure he was reactive enough anymore. 
because he'd come so far um, that I wasn't sure it was the right fit. But I, I think it has actually been a really good fit for him because as much as he's progressed on his reactivity, I needed to move from, I have been actively managing so much for three years. And over the past 10 weeks already of class, you've helped me so much with moving to goose, teaching Goose how to process the information rather than me actively managing. And so he's becoming, he's maintaining that not reacting as much, but with so much less management from me to where we're able to have these goals we couldn't have before of like, oh, he can like walk past people that have a dog without me just like physically being like, okay, we're good. We're here. Like he can learn how to do that. He's learned how to be able to, I mean, he walked within three feet of a dog the other day and just healed and walked right by me. Um, It's huge. Like it's made a massive difference. Um, But we really wanted to try to kind of move from a place of so much active management to a place of actually teaching him like you don't have to react you can just check in you can process this information and actually teaching him to be like just a calmer dog and it's like you know I think that over three years right you just you kind of get in the habit of like doing a lot of management, which arguably you needed a lot of up until very recently. You know what I mean? Like everything that you're doing was necessary, but it was really cool to kind of like be able to give you some of those, like you did an amazing job, but next time I want you to try doing just a little bit less. Right. And like, obviously there are some circumstances where he still needs you and you got to get in there and be like, goose, I'm going to help you because you're not going to make the decision that's going to be best for you. But for the most part, Goose is really at a stage where he is capable of processing, re-engaging with you and moving on without you having to do a ton, which is, which is a fun place to be in. But sometimes it like, you can't even believe that you're there until someone's like, okay, but do less. And then you do less and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) You can do it. Yes. And I think we'd also reached a place where I didn't notice anymore that I was just avoiding situations in order to manage his behavior. I just didn't want to put him in those situations that were hard. And so I just subconsciously was just avoiding, okay, we're not going to walk on busy streets. We're not going to walk here. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. And since joining Reactive Redefined, I'm like, okay, well, let's try that. And we have guidance. If it doesn't go well, and it actually has gone really well, (laughs) but we had the backup of, I can email you and say, hey, this didn't go so well, what can I do? Or send you a video. But he's done surprisingly well. With me going on streets, I never would have or going to places I, I never would have before. Right. Because right. I was just managing by not engaging in those situations. Right. And it's like, you know, the avoidance and the management all came from a good place, right? Because it used to be really hard for Goose to cope. And that was a very compassionate thing, right? To be like, okay, this is gonna be really hard for you. I'm not going to ask that of you. But now mm-hmm. we're realizing that like a lot of those things that used to be such a big ask of him aren't really terribly hard anymore, right? Like mm-hmm. he actually could be like, oh, that dog is lunging and barking at me. Hey, mama, what about a cookie? And you can be like, yeah, good job. And he's like, okay, no, I'm good. We can keep going here, <laughs> right? Like, so because of all of the the active management and avoidance that you did, you were able to get to a point where now we don't have to because now it's not so hard for him or for you for mm-hmm. the matter. Yes. And I think we needed the help. I think we needed the class 
to help us figure out how to take that next step because we were kind of stuck right. with things are going well, but we're limiting ourselves a lot and we'd like to stop limiting ourselves so much. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think too, you know, I think an important part of your journey here is that you also have some health stuff going on, right? So you're not the same mm. level of, you don't have the same level of physical endurance that you once did. And we, we, we have had to ask Goose to work on some trained behaviors that we need him to provide when you're running out of literal steam, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, you, again, you had an amazing foundation, but being able to work on like some of these micro skills with him, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. I need you to walk just right with me here, man. I got to go really slow. I need you to stay here. Maybe you need him to walk nicely next to the scooter. Do you want to speak about like some of like those micro skills that we've kind of been working on, not only for his well-being, but also so that you guys can work just a little bit more effectively as a team? Yes. So as I transition to using a mobility scooter, a wheelchair, more often, I really do need him to be able to kind of operate at a in a much tighter range than he would have to if I could, you know, oh, that dog's reacting. Let's just move on. I'm just going to jog past here. I can't jog. Um, and so with using a mobility scooter, especially with using a wheelchair, if he pulls that, pulls us over. Um, and so we've had to operate in a very like, okay, I need you to heal really close. I need you to learn how to get on the mobility scooter. If there's a space for a dog next to me, I need you to learn how to switch sides. I need you to learn how to like do these different tasks in this context. And so that's been a huge part, actually, surprisingly of our, our reactive redefined class is just, okay, he really can't be reacting because he's helping me with these mobility aids. And, um, so it's it's a much tighter range of behavior. I mean, I remember there was a, our neighbor's dog was reacting and you said, well, when you walk past the fence, and this was early on before you had a better understanding of my limitations, you were like, okay, well, can you just like move quickly past? And I can't. So we just had to make a different plan of, okay, well, let's not go that way. <laughs> um, and so it, it has kind of guided our um our training a lot and it, it has guided me wanting him to be able to be in more spaces as well. I want him to be able to be in more public spaces because he helps me when he comes with me. Yes. And you know, it's one of those things too, that like there is never only one solution. Never. There's, mm-hmm. there's never only just one solution. Right. And I really appreciated the feedback about like, Okay, except for like, I can't really hustle past Rachel. Like, oh, right, cool. Okay, so what else can we do here? Right. And I think, you know, it's one of those that like, I love those, I love those like little challenges because then we can think outside of the box. Like, okay, right. Like, could you ask him to sit and stay and then call him to you? Can we go a different Mm -hmm. way? Right. And it's nice to like realize that there's not just one certain way to deal with something, right? Sometimes we just have to look at like this literal setup, right? Like what's the physical like space we're working with and what are you physically capable of, right? And kind of working around that. But on the public spaces thing, I think it's really important that if Goose didn't want to be in public spaces and that was stressful, we wouldn't ask him for that. But it's quite the contrary. Goose has been extremely successful And oh my God, his like loose, happy body language, like get out of here, right? Like, especially when, so everyone, she's in Fort Collins and there's a river that goes through Fort Collins, right? And there's like a river walk, right? Which you had been avoiding Mm -hmm. because it's very busy, but you haven't had to avoid. 
And he's just been having such a great time. Like, nope, I'm going to sniff over here. Okay, I'm going to trot into the water, right? Like, he truly is enjoying himself in these public spaces. And that's why we're pushing forward with it. Yes, he actually, um, a local trainer here offers a brewery class where you train going to a brewery calmly. You've probably heard of this class. Yes. Um, and that class came out and I thought, oh, well, that's, that's not for us. That's really cool. We just signed up for it and did our first day. And Goose was in a brewery with me sitting at a high top on his mat with five dogs within about 20 feet of him, some only about five feet away. And by the end of the class, he was laying his chin down and just relaxing on his mat which is incredible. Like he's actually doing really well in these public spaces. Which is so beautiful. Oh my God. And Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest, right? Like while you love and adore him, you also have other things going on. And sometimes you need him to kind of rise to the occasion and help you. (laughs) Right? Yes. Yes. I'm lucky he's a deeply empathetic dog. So if my health isn't doing well, he actually does somehow know to just prioritize that above all else he can be in the middle of a meal and if I one of the complications I deal with is I'll, I'll collapse um he will stop mid-meal and come over and lie down next to me until I'm okay and then go back and finish his food and he's part lab y'all that's a big deal oh, yeah. um <laughs> it's not he he loves his food um but he's very empathetic so he um I'm lucky in that way. It makes it easier to train because we do have that relationship where he really wants to help. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I remember a conversation we had early on is that like, while Goose may never be a textbook service dog, right? Where he could just Mm -hmm. like go everywhere with you. That's not what you wanted, right? You were under no illusion that that was going to be what was happening. But we also had this conversation of like, but that doesn't mean we don't teach him service dog tasks. Okay. Like, yeah, he can absolutely learn those. And let's be honest. I think he really is like stoked when you're like, okay, I'm going to teach you this new thing. And he's like, cool, let's do it. Right. Like he really just so enjoys the learning process. So it was really fun to be able to guide you both and give you some of like those little micro skills and those little like tasks that we can teach him, right. That he can help you. And I think it just goes to show that like, you know, every dog can be empathetic and helpful, even if you can't always be your best for them, right? Like it goes both ways, right? It's not just all about bending over backwards and doing everything for the dog. And Goose is such a lovely example of like, no worries, mama, I got you. Let me help you. Yes. If you had shown me video of Goose today, three years ago, and him now in training to become a service dog for me and all of these things, I would have never, I mean, those first few months with him, I was in tears just hoping we could get, get things going, (laughs) like just, just maintain a, a safe and happy environment for him. Um, and so just seeing how far he's come is incredible. Oh my God. You should be damn proud. Okay. So I want to talk, so I want to talk about the group calls, right? Because, you know, there's definitely, I think that that's what's so fun about the group calls is that like, all the dogs are at different levels. They've all got their own forms of reactivity. But do you want to speak to like how you felt about the group calls? Yes, I love the group calls because I, I think it is interesting how all of the dogs, a lot of us have or have had similar struggles. Some are, are way ahead of where we are in some areas. Some are still at the baby steps in areas where we've gone a little farther. And so it is really cool to see 
a group of people. I don't, how many people are in our class? I, I think There's 10, 10, 12, yeah. mm-hmm. 10. Um, it's really cool to see and talk to people that are going through the same things that you have gone through because it can be really mentally exhausting. And if your dog does react to another dog on the street, people don't, people aren't so kind about that. <laughs> Um, or the off-leash dogs that chase us or the, just the various things that we go through just trying to manage our dogs. It's really helpful to talk to other people that are going through the exact same thing. Um, and we're at different stages of training and seeing what the training they're doing is really helpful too, because you might tell them something and I might think, oh, that, that applies to us. That's something I should, um, work on with Goose. But it's also just, it's really nice talking to a bunch of other reactive dog guardians who are working on the same things and have been through the same things. Yes. And this group has been amazing. Like, I love how you all support each other in the comments too, right? Like, okay, so this happened to me. Have you tried doing this? Try doing this, right? Like it's, and and that's something that like, I can't always offer those little micro things. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you all are living in it, right? Like you're in the Mm -hmm. thick of it. And it's so nice to be able to see you all support and guide each other in that way, right? And like, obviously I'm there, right? So like, to guide the group calls, but I, I love to open it up because it's so much more than me saying things, <laughs> right? Like it's really yes. being a facilitator for like, okay, so how was your week? What were some wins? What were some challenges? And then, you know, being able to hear other people's challenges and be like, been there, tried this. It was something really easy that we did that was really helpful. Like it's just mm-hmm. such a game changer, right? And I think too, you know, it's like perspective is extremely helpful, Right. And I know that some of the teams are, are a little bit, um, they're not as far along in their training journey. And I'm sure sometimes that's nice too, to be like, I remember that stage, (laughs) right? Like I'm really proud of where we have come and you can just be empathetic for like, okay, we're in the thick of it. We're like, we're literally just working in the front of the house right now. We're not even going out into the world yet. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think I love that the chat has gotten more and more active each week as we get to know each other better and know each other's dogs better. And every time someone has a setback, there's multiple people in the chat saying, me too. I've been there. It's okay. We've all been there. Like, you're fine. You're not doing anything wrong because it, it does feel so discouraging when you have a setback. But then to have people who have had it happen to them and their dogs are fine and everything's fine is, it's really nice to have that encouragement. And we have all experienced those setbacks. So. Right? And I think, you know, it's like, it can be extremely defeating. Sometimes those challenges Mm -hmm. can feel like major setbacks. And I feel like just having the space to be like, this happened, it it can be like, you can just get it off your chest so that it doesn't have to impede your ability to like, get out there and keep going. Right? Like, just that like, little extra motivation or like, okay, what am I going to talk about in the group call this week? What have we been working on? Like, you know, I think that that can be really helpful for just motivation for us for just following through and actually doing the work yes I am definitely guilty of that being rushed by an off-leash dog who didn't have a good interaction with Goose and thinking oh gosh how much is this going to set him back is he going to be scared of dogs now what's going to happen and just kind of you know that fear of just I didn't do anything wrong technically but I I couldn't prevent it and and then having that group space to just like okay it's fine goose is fine (laughs) it was one experience we're good you guys have all been through this and everything is fine um it's really helpful because I think we all get there when we have setbacks (laughs) oh my my god God. did I ruin my dog (laughs) 
<laughs> right? Like, okay, and everything is ruined. And you're never yeah. getting back there. Three years of training gone. Oh my God. Oh my that, God. That hasn't happened. So no. I, <laughs> that, that has not been the case. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Well, and it's like, you know, I love the diversity of things that come up too, right? Because mm-hmm. like, obviously working together, right? Like you're still working on your consent to care protocol. You're working on like those trained tasks and leash skills and still some of the skills in the house, right? So like we're one-on-one, I'm supporting you in all of those behaviors, but inside the group calls, mm-hmm. then there's some of those other random things that come up, right? That you're like, huh, I hadn't thought about that. Like that's another skill that we could work on periodically. Yes, I had never even thought of, um, there's a dog in our group who's scared of rolling things. So skateboards, bikes, I had never even thought of that. That's not something that that I've really dealt with, with Goose's reactions towards those things. But when we had a bike race go by our door, we went out and worked on his confidence around bikes because I realized like, oh, this is worth working on, even if he is not reactive towards it, because it's not something I'd ever thought of. But there is someone in our group who's working on that. And so it kind of, it gave us another thing to practice is, oh, are you comfortable around bikes? When you kind of jump, when a bike goes by, is that something we should work on? <laughs> so it's oh something my we God. practice now. <laughs> right, right. And it's good. And it's like, you know, just planting those seeds of like, there's training is a never ending journey. And I love your enthusiasm and your optimism about the whole training. Cause you're like, cool. What else can we work on? Right. Like I feel like so many people are like, oh my God, can't we just train it and it could be done, but you're the opposite, right? You're like, okay, cool. What else can we work on? And it's, you're, you're like, you're seriously just like the ideal client, right? Cause you have the skills, you have the motivation and you just need that little guidance of like, okay, tweak this. Okay. Try doing this. Okay. Let's try it in this different sequence. Right. So it was, it was really enjoyable for me also as a trainer, right? Because you have so many amazing skills. It was really fun to be able to get in there and work on, you know, some of like the little micro skills that some teams aren't always ready for, but you all were ready. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's so nice of you. We do love it. We're always like, okay, what are the next five things we can work on? Because he loves it. So it's, if I don't have the energy to take him for a walk, we can do a training session. And that's, he's like, great. Okay. I'm going to go take a nap now. That satisfies (laughs) him in the same way. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. Okay, so how are you feeling? How are you feeling about all the progress you've made in Reactive Redefined and how you're going to be able to take those skills into the future? Um, I'm feeling really good about it. I'm I'm sad the class is it's ending soon. I, I think know. we only have one more meeting, which I did not realize until this past week and was very sad about. <laughs> um, but I... I think we're going to take those skills into more and more challenging environments so long as Goose says that's okay with him. So keep working. We just started this week the brewery class. So that's kind of our next step is I never thought we would be. I mean, it's basically like being inside a restaurant. I never thought we would do something like that. Um, So that's our next task is, hey, you've never been in a place like this. Can we handle this? And seems like so far he can. But um, we're just going to keep working on our service dog foundation. We're going to start task training so that he can actually be a full-fledged service dog eventually. Um, And those are our, those are our plans for now. Oh my God. I love it. I love it so much. And 
just, you know, as a random side for everyone, you are in school to be a vet, right? So you're going to be joining the workforce eventually. And it just, it, it, it delights me to know that you and everything you know about consent and care is going to eventually be a veterinarian. Like, I just, I can't even express how much joy that brings me, right? Because I think that all veterinarians are doing their best, but so many are just like in the dark about like some of the consent and care stuff. And it just brings me so much joy to know that like you are going to bring that to the field. Thank you so much. Yes, I am accepted um, to start vet school in fall of 2024. Yes. Um, so my goal is to work with behavior in the veterinary space, become a veterinary behaviorist or, or help establish consent and care. Like that's what I'm really passionate about is just is behavior. So I'm hoping to make a difference in the vet world in some way and make vet visits a little bit less terrifying for dogs or become a vet behaviorist and help dogs that, that need more help than just training. So, oh my God, that is so exciting. I love it so much. Okay. So any <laughs> final thoughts for reactive dog guardians listening? What would you tell them? Maybe they're where you were three years ago and they're like, is it ever going to get better? Yes. It has gotten so much better than I ever thought it would. Um, I think I would, I would say reactive redefined has really helped me with consistency because I really want to get those videos every week and I really want to have something to talk about in class each week. So actively working with Goose um, almost every day has made a massive difference. And I, I think it would help a lot of reactive dog guardians because life gets in the way. So adding that accountability and can really help um, even just making a checklist for yourself and checking off, have I worked with my dog for five minutes today can really help. Um, you'd be surprised how huge of a difference it makes in just a month. And um, it does, it, it's gotten so much better than I, than I ever thought it could. I'm so proud of him. I thought it was a pipe dream when I wanted him to be my service dog. And now it's, can he do more work in public once he becomes a service dog? And um, so it's, you're well on your way. The training can get you there. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. I think everyone's really going to dig learning more about Goose in your journey. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to share some exciting updates. I've gotten a lot of awesome messages and reviews and feedback on this podcast about how it has greatly improved your relationship with your dog and please keep them coming. It brings me so much joy to hear those. I've gotten a couple of questions recently about how you can contribute to disorderly dogs. And while I love that this podcast is free to you and you can listen at your leisure, uh, let's be honest, things still cost money. So if you are interested in contributing to disorderly dogs, we now have an option for you to make a small monthly contribution so that the podcast can keep going and I can produce higher quality content. I can have great guests and definitely get to more listener questions. So if you are interested in contributing to this podcast, you can check out the link in the show notes to learn more. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. 
If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.